What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. Today, we have... Michelle Fitzgerald. Welcome, Michelle. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, So my name is Michelle Fitzgerald. I am a personal trainer and group exercise instructor here in Charleston. I teach at quite a few studios. Um, I train full-time at Longevity Fitness as well as teach uh, TRX classes and um, a class called Sweat Therapy that's kind of exclusive to longevity, as well as at Charleston Power Yoga and Bar Evolution and at Dance Effects Charleston as well. So you have all these different fitness things going on. Yeah. How does one go about like, you know, it's almost like, I feel like everybody sometimes just like niches down to like, I only do bar. I only do hit training. I only do. So I love that you do a little bit of everything. Like, like how did, well, first of all, how'd you even start to get into fitness? Like how how did that journey come? And then how'd you end up just like, Hey man, I kind of embraced everything. I think that's awesome. Um, so I've listened to a lot of podcasts with, uh, fitness instructors. And I have a similar background of having started with dance. So I've danced since I was three, um, tap, jazz, ballet, point, lyrical, modern, hip hop, like took a semester of African in college, like really all of it. Um, so just kind of that idea of movement has always been there for me. Um, I think from a very young age, I've had a good idea of like body awareness. And when I started to really get serious about dance, I realized that it wasn't just about like kicking your leg up as high in the air as it will go, but kind of recruiting certain muscles are going to make it look different and feel different. And you'll be able to hold certain ones longer. So that like, I don't know. I just, I mean, ever since I was in grade school, it's just made sense to move. And I started teaching dance classes when I was really young. So that idea of being in front of a room teaching movement happened like really early on. Um, I went to Penn state for uh, college and they had this awesome program there. It was a kinesiology class that was designed to teach people how to teach group fitness classes. And so my first like first day or first week of at Penn state, I took a hip hop aerobics class and I was like, man, I think I could do this a little bit better. (laughs) Kind of bratty. And then, so I figured out what the class was and I signed up for it and it was just kind of like kind of hit the floor running ever since then. Um, It came kind of easily moving to music and being in front of people and speaking in front of people. So then I really got to focus on, like how to do it well and how to understand like why we were doing certain movements. Um, you know, my boss and my mentors and the people that I was trying to be like and learn from, they were like, yeah, you're really good at this, but like, you gotta be really smart too. So don't just perform in front of a room. Like it's not just about stage presence. You've got to know why you're having these students do these movements. Like what is this for? And what do they do in their daily lives that they need you to help them with for 45 minutes or an hour or whatever it may be. Um, so I just kind of like went all in from the very beginning. Um, I think that foundation of like trying to get really smart about it is why I can now do so many styles. Mm -hmm. Um, I learned like what 
muscles help with knee flexion and knee extension and hip flexion. And like, it's the same in every kind of workout. So like people look at it as me doing so many styles, like how do you do all that? There's no way you can like be good at all of those, but like, I don't know, my quads work the same in every workout. Like my hips do the same motion in every workout. So whether it's at a bar or on a bike or on your yoga mat or like us in a one-on-one session, like those same muscles are working. I'm just teaching you different exercises or teaching it to you in like a different um, a different format for that class. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. How did you, I mean, obviously you like the group fitness yeah. thing, right? Like mm-hmm. what is it about being in front of a group that you like? Like some people are probably like, that sounds like their worst nightmare. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, you know, be the center of attention, have to lead a class. Like even for me, I do typically stuff one-on-one and I coach a couple of CrossFit classes and it's, a, it's, they're so different. They're very different. You know? <laughs> so different. It is fun. And it is like, it definitely gives you energy, but also wears you out. I, I think it wears me out, you know? Um, I think from having like danced my whole life, that like performance aspect, I don't treat it like a performance anymore. I think I might have done it a little bit more when I first started. Um, but that idea of like you step on stage and those people are there to watch you and it doesn't matter what else is going on. Like it's, it's go time. And it's kind of the same thing when I step in front of a room, a couple of the classes I put my microphone on and like when that mic clicks on, it's like, all right. It's yeah. the performance is starting. I mean, do it. I mean, yep. I don't, I, I really don't treat it like a show anymore. And I think I've, I'm trying to like kind of fade out of like anything that might have created that like show vibe and get into like way, like more um, intelligent movement and smarter and like instances where I can break it down for people more instead of just like performing this 45 minutes without mm-hmm. like looking at people. But I, you know, it's, it's just that like, that go time, you know, the class starts at four at four o'clock. Like there's nothing else. Yeah. You just got to perk up and help people out. That's an interesting balance that I think you kind of touched on is one is you of course got to perform a, because you know, you're, you're running a group class that you want to make fun so mm-hmm. people can keep coming back. So yeah. There's a slice of that. Absolutely. You've already mastered that, right. You've been in front of groups of people. And so now you're trying to hone the skill of, being a coach. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and like and a coach with something real to offer, not just like get, get more reps out or like move faster. I, I usually don't care about that at all, but like what little nugget of information about this person can I give them or like about this person, about your body, can I give to this person that's going to make them move a little smarter or realize like what this movement is for, not just for the way their shoulders look after it, but you know, how it's going to help their daily life and something that they may do later on. They might not even realize that they needed that back extension, but all of a sudden it gets a little easier for them. Kind of yeah. Like sneakily put that in there without them knowing it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't tell them that's what you're doing, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, you want people to move and I love that it's starting to come up more in these group. I mean, a fitness trends are just growing, right? Like more people are working out, more mm-hmm. people are aware of it. And then also people are now starting to realize that it's not necessarily like the quantity or the intensity. I mean, that stuff does matter, of yeah, course, yeah. but like for normal everyday people, which is going to be 92 plus percent of the people, it's more about the quality of what you're doing. And if you focus exactly. on that and maybe be a little bit entertaining, right? Yeah. You people, need them to want to come back. I mean, that's yeah. the entertainment factor. And um, if they're bored during the workout, they're not going to want to come back. And if they don't feel strong or like a little, more lively when they walk out of the room, they're not going to come back. So you do need to mix those things in, but it's like subtle layers of education and, you know, smart, intentional movement. And then like that 
ed- or entertainment factors, like just that last little nugget that yeah. really can kind of just come from having that many people in the room. Like that kind of creates itself. Yeah. I mean, it's such a balance. <clears throat> this is even like for PTs who are in another way, coaches, right? Movement coaches, yeah. or healthcare, coach, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's also about like not throwing too much at somebody too, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Constantly like, Hey, you need your uh, knees need to be back. Oh, your back needs to be extended. Your shoulders need to be like that person's going to get super yeah. out. So yeah. it's like, just like you said, I like that you said it this way. It's like, what one nugget of information can I give them that'll challenge them a little bit and make them think about it, but not so much that they're going to get, you know, frustrated. Yeah. And, and trying to figure out which one is the most important at that time. Like you said, heels, like, you know, heels down, knees back, chest up, like which of those is going to maybe let the other ones fall into place without having to pile on the, mm-hmm. the to-do list or the feeling that they're doing it wrong. You know, cause I never want someone to feel like they're doing anything wrong. It's that's great. And let's see how we can make this happen a little smoother or we can make muscles engage, um, in like a different pattern, if that, you know, or I don't know, maybe that's getting a little nerdy, but like, you I'm know, getting making, nerdy, I'm all <laughs> like making the right muscles, um, do the movement instead of just getting it done. However it, it can happen, you know, like yeah. you do 50 squats, you're just going to do them. However, you can get those done and be finished as fast as possible. If we break it down and slow it down and focus on like your glutes at the bottom of the, of the squat, then like you'll, you'll feel it a little different the next day than if you just yeah. let your quads do the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about this a lot, especially in the beginning. Um, it's not necessarily quality, but intentional mm-hmm. movement, right? So like yeah. movement, with mindful, I use the word mindful. Yeah. A lot mindful, that. right. Um, intentional, however you want to say it, where, where you're, it's a practice. It's not just like I come in, I get a workout. I'm going to burn as many calories as possible. And I'm done. Like if you have that mindset, you're going to be headed typically for disaster. Yeah. But if you come in and say, Hey, I want to get better at squatting. I want to get better at whatever dancing, right? Like mm-hmm. you already have that in your brain. Cause you, you, you'd be surprised. A lot of people view movement that way. They don't move, view it as a practice. They don't view it as a skill that needs to be acquired. They view it as I come in, I squat and that's it. I'm done. Yeah. You know? And then, sorry, the other thing that even layered on top of that intentional movement, really important, but it's also that I love that you said, we can talk about both is that like, there is no really wrong movement, you know, like, there's so much, and you know, people who listen to this podcast know I'll go on this tangent. I'll try not to. There's so much fear mongering out there of like, you didn't do this squat right. Your knee is going to explode. Or yeah, you, didn't do this, yeah. you did this wrong. Like, oh God, you're going to, you know, your back's going to start to hurt. It's like, no, that's not necessarily the case. Like, you can train, dancers know this more than anybody. You can train stuff that by looking at it could look really bad, but you guys make it look graceful. Like standing on your toes for hours. Like yeah. who would actually do, who would say that's a good idea? You know what I mean? But like, you can make it look graceful. You can train your body to do almost anything. Yeah. I, I, I know it's hard to convey that to people sometimes without, um, like you said, like going on a tangent and like getting really fired up about yeah. it. But I really believe that not, um, every movement, isn't designed for everybody, but that doesn't mean that it's wrong. Like a wrestler might need to practice having the top of their head on their ground. And someone else is going to tell you that like having all that weight in your head is bad for your neck. Like, yeah, the, the average person probably shouldn't like whip out a headstand out of nowhere. But if a wrestler doesn't practice that, they're going to have an injury in their, mm-hmm. their meat. And like you said, dancers, I mean, someone I've definitely taken classes where someone has told me like, you're like, you don't need to lift your leg that high. 
maybe you don't, but like, I'm about to go do devil pays a dance and my legs got to go this high. Like right. I do have to practice this range of motion. So I think there's a movement for everybody and not everybody has to do that movement. Right. Yeah. Well, that's a great way to put it. You know, like you've got to make things intentional. You got to make things, you know, I like the idea that's personalized too. It's just not this, there's never going to be a cookie cutter version how to do anything. Yeah. Like we're all very unique and very different. Our anatomies are almost completely different. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Our training history is totally different. Like daily habits, like, you know, we're different than the people that we train who might sit down all day. We hardly sit like just, it, yeah, everyone's got coming to the table with a little something different and you should address it differently. Right. There's a thousand variables, you know, and that's, we do this a lot for like some of the PTs that I work with or talk to. It's like, if you're one of those people who has like one uh, treatment style and that's all you live by and you live and die by their protocols and what they're doing, like we're probably not going to work well together. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've seen a lot of different <clears throat> treatment styles and I usually grab stuff from everything. And yeah. Then, and the main thing that I do is I look at the group or the person in front of me. I utilize all the stuff that I got in my brain, which is way too much stuff. And then <laughs> never too I, much. Yeah. And then I try to individualize it for that person. You yeah. Know? That's usually the, um, as a coach, I think that's the best way to do things. I agree. And I think, again, that's why I like do so many different styles is like mixing and matching and you pull like a little piece from here and a little piece from here. And this movement that I do in my personal training sessions, I pull it into my yoga classes and I, you know, I can see it on people's maps. They look at me like, Oh, I've never heard that. Mm-hmm. And thanks. That's great info. And then I'll take something from yoga into a personal training session. And they're like, Oh, like, you know, I feel that a little differently. So like you just kind of gather all the information and give the pieces to the people that need it. Yeah. And just like trial and error too. Like sometimes you give a cue and it's like, it can be like, Oh, that'd be exact. You know, like squeeze your glutes is like, well, Oh, that's not what I want. Okay. <laughs> Maybe squeeze your quads. Oh crap. That works. You yeah, know? Yeah. And that's, that's why I tell people so often, like sometimes it's just about, um, as I said before, the person in front of you more mm-hmm. than anything. And one cue can work way different than you th- like, than you ever thought. So like being one cookie cutter version is uh, typically a recipe for disaster. So it makes it fun though. Cause then every session that you do is different. Like you can't zone out and run through a checklist. You've got to really be engaged and active with the person in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely an error for sure. Yeah. Okay. So you're, um, you're doing some personal training now. You've, um, what were the class, like you're doing which classes? I teach a TRX class, um, TRX transformation. There's another one called sweat therapy, which is a mix of strength training, hit, um, that's right up your alley. It's yeah, like, hey, it's like it's, it literally is everything. It's, it's got yoga, some bar. It is. Yeah. It's set to music. I'm like so in my element. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> and then yoga and bar. Okay. And tap as well. But that's like a once a week kind of thing. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that too. So um, with the personal training, like what kind of stuff do you typically focus on with your clients? Like what's the show us with the normal? You know, they come in and see you. Do they do like an on ramp program, or you're just you know, do they start tapping? I wish. Oh man. I probably wouldn't get anyone to come back. Um, no, I, you know, I just, I feel like I'm repeating myself a little bit, but I just look at the individual. I kind of, you know, everyone comes in for a different reason and I really do pride myself on being able to work with a wide range of clients just from the, the experience that I've had. I've taught, um, I'm not doing it right now, but I've taught some like kettlebell strength training classes. Um, I have, been 
exposed to like Olympic lifting. So like I love working on heavy deadlifts with people if that's what they want to work on. And then I've got clients that honestly, I just work on like them standing up off the floor without yeah. like needing to hold on to things. That's and, an important skill. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you should be able to get up. Off the, if you've never done this before, sorry. No, oh, good. <laughs> so I think I've mentioned this before, but I'll, I, it's uh, definitely worth mentioning again there. They did this study and um, mortality rates like, you know, how long it takes, you know, for you to die, um, will be longer. So like you'll live longer if you can get up off the floor without using your hands mm -hmm. period. And if you've never tried it, even for very physically able people, like people I know that like are, uh, strong people, sometimes there's mobility issues or whatever. Sometimes if they're too mobile, there's strength issues, whatever, try it. And it's more difficult than you think. You know? I just sent that article to a client. To oh, read. did you? Yeah. Okay, that's fun. that's funny. I love that small world for sure. And so, like, that's kind of the thing where, like, a client will come to me, and whatever their their um, want or desire for training is, I listen to it and I try my best to like let them see that we are working toward that. But I definitely try to sneak in the things that um, I see movement wise that might not be strong so I'm not trying to force anything on anyone like movement wise I don't need you to be able to do any particular thing just because I think that you should be able to mm -hmm. but if I'm looking at you um you know doing core work and I can see that there's no connection between like you don't really know where your core is like yeah. lifting so you up and it's all in your neck right. yeah exactly yeah. like when people are telling me that their neck hurts I know that they want to feel the work in their abs because that's how people are. A lot of times when they work out, they want that like little burn. So I want you to feel that. And I also want you to know how to do it well. So like, it's a really, um, I don't want to use the word organic might sound kind of funny, but it's like, a just really natural process. Like, what are you in here to work on today? Awesome. We're going to do that. And I'm going to ask you to do these three things that might not make that much sense to you. <laughs> like yeah. you might be rolling your eyes at me. And then in a couple of weeks, they're like, Oh, I can see why we were doing, you know, using a towel behind my head as like a little hammock during core work. Cause now I can lift up without feeling it in my neck. Yeah. So I really just, I mean, every day is different. It's I, I think that's why I like it so much. Um, the classes that I teach are a little more structured. I go in, there's a, a pattern I'm supposed to follow. The mm -hmm. training sessions are like a free for all. I mean, I warm you up. I make sure you've got your mobility. We do your strength work. We do some release work at the end, but in that like general framework, anything could happen that day. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. You can zig, you can zag. Yeah. When, when people come in, do you typically do like a long kind of like, we call it a subjective, but like have a pretty long conversation with them about like what their goals are. Or is that during the training sessions as you get to know them? Or I try to work it... that into the first session. Um, and that obviously carries over like a little longer, um, just from personal experience, that first session, um, I really want to see how they move and to see if we're even going to like a little bit of that conversation to see if we're even going to be a good fit. I've been personal training full time now for like five years, five or yeah, almost six years. Mm -hmm. And I really do believe that personalities matter so much. You can take on any client. Absolutely. But like for me to enjoy my job and for you to enjoy your sessions, we really need to get along. So that first one is like, I, I have movements that I try to ask everyone to get through a squat, a push, a pull, a plank. I want to see how you get up off the floor. I want to see like how high your heart rate goes up and a little bit of your range of motion. And that's just a general framework. Like I don't have the same cookie cutter moves that I ask everyone to do. 
obviously I'm going to ask you to do a push-up of some sort and like a row of some yeah, sort. But somebody could be doing a push-up on the wall. Somebody could be doing a push-up yeah, exactly. on the and, floor. Right? And so I take people through these movements. I, I try not to like pass any judgment or tell them that they're, they're doing it wrong that day. I just want to observe and see mm-hmm. what's going on. Get a little bit of info. Some people are hesitant to tell you why they want to train. You know, they, they don't want to admit that it might be for weight loss or that it might be for like uh, a vanity thing. And that's fine. If that's what gets you in, great. We're going to work on awesome things either way. But some people definitely, it might take a session or two or three to, to really open up. And I've had people that I've trained for a few months and then a few months in the line, they're like, hey, you know, I'd really love to like work on, you know, uh, this race that I'm like thinking about, you know, I hadn't, I didn't want to tell anyone I was thinking about it cause I didn't want to be bad at it, but now I'm, I'm ready to like, you know, like things pop up over the, the yeah. course of the session. So I just try to listen to each person, see what they have to say and decide if we're going to be a good fit or not. And not everyone is a good match for me and I'm not a good match for everyone to train. Yeah. So you really, it's called a personal trainer cause you should get along personality should match. Yeah. And that's we, when you have the most success. We feel the same way. Like even here at made to move, like we know what people are a good fit for mm-hmm. our clinic and what people, you know, we would easily pass off to another therapist who may be a, a better fit. Like, yeah, it's, cause you know, if you're doing this for the right reasons, um, then you want that person to be successful. And if you don't think you're going to be successful treating or training that person, yeah. We're going to send them somebody yeah. who think like, oh, this is going to be a really good fit for you. And, and maybe later down the road, we might be a good fit. But right now, here's um, here's the person I should think. You know. For so many reasons, too. It doesn't yeah. even have to be like a skill level or they don't think you're smart enough. Like it it could be yeah. you don't like the same books or movies. I mean, you like talk about yeah. a lot of things in personal training sessions. Like there's a lot of factors that can play into whether or not you enjoy your workout or not. That's obviously not uh, an indicator of how good the workout is or how like sound your, your system of training people is, but you should enjoy the hour that you're spending your money for. So yeah, I I want them to love it just as much as I do. Yeah. There's going to be people who are super quiet, Mm -hmm. right. And there's other people who's going to talk a lot. Right. And so that would make a difference if that trainer might be somebody who's more quiet or maybe, you know what I mean? Yeah. We talk a lot. So where did you like learn how to do some of those assessments? Like did that just come from all the different, like, where did you like, you know, how I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm going to watch you squat. I'm going to watch you do a plank. I'm going to, even just the net comment relative to core work. Like, yeah. Did, um, is but, that from Penn that, state or is like, you well, know, that was like the best foundation I could have asked for really. I mean, like I said, the, the teaching parts, so we were learning like high, low aerobics. So we're moving to um, 32 counts and like breaking down choreography. And that was so natural that I didn't have to put as much effort into that. So I really started to become obsessive about the other things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I majored in public relations, actually not even kinesiology. Um, my second major was an art major with a concentration in dance. And my dance teacher had us do a lot of movement analysis and we had anatomy for dancers. And she was the one of the first ones to make me um, like slow down a little bit dance wise and not just like get something done, but, you know, really start to look at like what bones were lining up and like what muscles were lifting those bones. And mm-hmm. it was just like a, a, the perfect storm of like my dance teacher and my um, like, that my support system at the, like the gym side of Penn state really like forcing me to learn a little bit more. I mean, yeah. I had to do like clay models of the pelvis and we had to like color muscles really? on each other. Yeah. That's crazy. It was awesome. It was really great. And then when I graduated, I tried to do like PR for a little bit thinking like I had to do something with my major and I quickly realized that wasn't for me. My first personal training job. Um, I got my personal training certification like after, 
um, after graduating, my first job that I was at was another great support system. There were five or six trainers. We all had such different backgrounds. There was someone who like played football. There was two guys that did jujitsu and MMA and they like, and then, you know, me as a dancer and then someone who just came from like straight strength from when he was like a young kid, we all like kind of forced each other to learn a little bit about where we came from as trainers. So I just got like this really nice cool. wide, like range of information and then like used each other for ideas. So like I had my moves that I thought were important. Then I'd start seeing like, you know, one of the other trainers do some different sort of plank work to test core strength and like shoulder, like scapular stability. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, kind of just learning from the smart people that I was fortunate to be surrounded by. Yeah. Dancers have a really good base. Like you said, um, the fancy word is like kinesthetic sense or yeah. proprioception, but like they all have a really good idea of like what motions you have and all the different joints and how to like change those motions because you're just focused on that because mm -hmm. it's such an aesthetic thing, dance, right? So like, yeah, it's like your knee needs to be straighter. Your knee needs to be more bent. So like your kinesthetic sense or how you move your body or your awareness of your body, it's just going to be so far advanced anybody else because you just thought about it so long. You're almost like a gymnast too. Like they're exactly um, like dancers. For instance, there was a dancer who was a trainer way back in a previous life of mine and um, in a clinic that I uh, worked at. And I wanted to learn how to like jump and land better, mm -hmm. you know, because dancers have, if you got, if you don't know this um, dancers have, for the amount of jumping and landing they do, they basically have almost zero knee injury rates. Like ACLs do not, you'd think they would get torn a lot considering the jumping and landing and twisting and all the stuff they were doing, but it's basically non-existent in your sport. You know, so I was like, if I'm gonna learn from somebody how to jump and land, it's gonna be, <laughs> yeah. you know, from that. And it was like, you know, when she broke it down, it was like literally almost like a physical therapist or a doctor talking to me. She said like, well, you gotta point your toe and like, this is when this happens and, and like, it was just amazing how in depth dancers know about that kind of stuff. It's so cool. Yeah. It was, a, I mean, it kind of seems like a seamless transition in my mind from like how I started as a dancer to where I am now. Like if you ask me when fitness started, I don't really know other than having taken that class. But even when I was in high school, like I would have friends come over to my house and we'd go for a run and then I'd like take them through a little ab workout in my backyard. Well, yeah, like, it was, just, it was yeah. always there. You're definitely and, in your calling, your passion. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, you know, when I work out it, like they're, like you said, a dancer tries to make this picture, like this aesthetic picture. And I do the same thing when I work out, like I want my lunge to look a certain way. Now I know even more about how it's supposed to feel because I've done it so many times, but my first way of feeling it correctly is setting up the shape, right? Is setting up the, the joints lined up, you know, in a certain way. And even like, um, where your foot is like on the ball of your foot, like whether you're on your toe or your, your big toe or your pinky toe. Some people might talk about that as using your muscles. For me, that's like the, the, the picture of it mm -hmm. being lined up correctly is then I can start to figure out like, okay, I needed to engage my muscle, uh, my inner thigh muscle to, to take that shift. Yeah. But it all starts from like that visual for me. Just yeah. what, you've that's done, how I started. what you've done well is you can go down that rabbit hole. And I've met some trainers where it's just like, whoa, like, they'll get so bogged down in the minutia of that, it gets almost out of hand. As opposed to like, just like we talked about, there's no really bad way to move, but here's some like ways to improve it. And mm -hmm. here you go. You don't necessarily have to be like, if you don't, you know, 
do perfect ankle positioning in pronation with your big toe anchor on the ground with your glutes squeezed <laughs> and your core tight, like you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Even yeah. like I do this. I mean, even hearing that sometimes I'm like, wait, there's a lot of words. Like how is anyone else supposed to understand that? Yeah. If you start shouting those things at people. Right. Right. And we, you know, I tell this to a lot of uh, coaches and I'm sure you may have done this um, well too, is that those internal cues are really hard for people to do. Like you tell them like, Hey, I need you to, you know, round your back more, like arch your back more. They don't know what that means. You know, you got to mm-hmm. use kind of more external cues. Yeah. You know, like, you know, um, you know, make your uh, low back turn into, you know, an arch that may be a little bit better, but rather than, um, you know, lumbar spine extended or something like that. I like to use physical cues too. Like sometimes telling people to lift if they're kind of rounded, telling them to lift the, the tag of their shirt up yeah. or trying to like create wrinkles on the back of their shirt. And sometimes they can make, a little more sense the of that. Like wears huge. up. I'm like, yeah. what do you mean wears up? It's up. Like, how don't you get this? You know, it's, yeah. you really got to like separate what you know from what they might be experiencing. It's, it, it's totally, it can be totally different. Yeah. They, their proprioception, like you said, or like kinesthetic awareness is just not always the same. And it's, yeah. Your brain's working differently than theirs. Like yeah. they could care less. <laughs> that's maybe that's if what they're it is. Lumbar, they really don't care. They just, you know, they just yeah. want to. When's move, this hour over? <laughs> yeah. They want to move well. They want to train. They want to burn their calories. And that's fine. It's just like you said, your job to kind of sneak those things. Definitely. In. You know, we're pretty similar in that. Definitely. Um, maybe a little bit less now, but I still do it. Is like when I train, I'm definitely always thinking about like how my body's move me, moving, how I can teach this to others. And then I'll just like experiment with stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, huh, I wonder what this is going to do, you know? And then I'll just do some weird movement. Like, oh man, I felt that really well in my glutes. And now I can, you know, do the same thing. There's probably nothing that I haven't tried. Yeah. Like no exercise. Like I'm trying to think of one, um, but I've done every exercise. So when somebody comes in to see me, I can be like, oh yeah, when I did Tybo, yeah. this is what burned the most. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I just think it's so important to be able to move in different ways. And, and I think it lets you feel what they're going to feel. I mean, you, you know, you have that memory of what your, like you said, what your shoulders felt like when you were doing Tai Bo. And now you can, even if they're not doing Tai Bo, maybe that like click something in your brain that you can use the next time they're doing Mm pushups. Like, Oh, remember in Tai Bo when I felt that like one spot, like maybe if they open that up or like turn that a different way while they're doing their pushups. Yeah. I think it's important. I'm sure there's, there's been multiple debates, um, you know, even for doctors and physical therapists, I don't know for trainers, but like as a PT, I feel like that you should be able to train and move your body really well. And if you don't, that won't make you a bad physical therapist, but I definitely think it would be a disadvantage for a lot of people. Right. Because again, I've moved and trained and felt what a, you know, clean and jerk. I have felt yeah. that before. I know that feeling I've done it multiple times. So when I go to train you, cue you, like I can relate to my past experiences where somebody else couldn't. I feel like that's the difference between, um, like you were saying, uh, someone that has a protocol or like a clinical like formula that they stick to and they don't alter. And that would be someone that doesn't move their body as well. But since you have that experience, you can branch away from that like cookie cutter program and you can really be attentive to the person in front of you and use your past experiences to, yeah. to manipulate it. Because I think it'd be hard. It's probably almost non-existent to have a personal trainer that doesn't train themselves. Right. I feel like maybe once in a while you can see somebody who's like a little bit older, right? But you know, why are we held? Oh man, this is going to be, a good <laughs> why are we not held to that same standard as medical professionals? Like, think about that. You know what I mean? Like probably should be like a, do- I mean, a doctor. Should they be a picture of health? Like, 
debatable. Yeah, probably. Like I'd be I'd want like, mine to be. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? You want to look at your doctor and be like, okay, they eat well, they move well, they train, they they understand kind of what I'm going through, as opposed to maybe if they don't do those things, or as, as a physical therapist or a chiropractor or whatever. Yeah. You know, I feel like as a personal trainer, that's a pretty high standard. You Absolutely. know? Why wouldn't I I think that's like I went to a chiropractor since I was in high school really like and I learned early from I had a knee problem and I went to the chiropractor and everyone would be like well that's a back doctor like but something's you know not lined up right and that's making my knee hurt and the chiropractors that I have liked the best have been the ones that have the experience it can be like oh well when I run this happens I'm like okay you move you get this like you you're you're talking my language about we're trying mm-hmm. to make you be able to move again not avoid this move because it's going to cause this yeah do this move so that you can do this move again too yeah um I kind of lost my train of thought of something else that we were just saying about moving. I'm sure it'll come to you. Yeah. It'll probably come back. Um, Yeah. We can always circle back to it. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's, it's important. I mean, as a health professional, be able to like, I mean, it's one of the big difference makers that I usually tell people when they're like, Oh, why should we refer people to made to move? Like, why should I come see you? So, well, because every single one of us trains, in some way or some capacity. And we're also, what you just talked about is not, I'm going to use a double negative. We're not going to not tell you to train unless it's absolutely necessary. And we truly understand that because we've trained through injury or around injury, you know, and understand what that means that like, yeah, you should like, I, some doctor will just say, okay, stop exercising. Yeah. It's like, no, there's or so like many other things. Stretch away the pain or massage yeah. away the pain. And a yeah. lot of times like movement is actually what's going to make that go away. I know what I was going to say um, that uh, I don't know how to frame this, but the, you know, should we be held accountable? Should we be, um, should you, you know, as a trainer be training? And I think it's up to the person that chooses the trainer to make sure that their trainer is, like that, again, this personality thing, like you want someone who's doing this with you, who has felt this, who has experienced this, who is living their healthy, their like, you know, um, prosperous movement kind of lifestyle as well. You know, you want someone who has done the reps and put in the work and learned everything that they can so that they can share that with you. And so there's a lot of personal trainers. You go online, you take a test and here's your little certificate. That sure. doesn't mean that anyone knows anything, you know, just because that piece of paper doesn't mean that they know how to train someone really well. And someone could know a whole lot, even if they don't have that piece of paper, you should get it if you want to train, obviously, if you want to train as your job, you need the little piece of paper for credibility. But sure, just because someone has it doesn't mean that they have put in the work and learned how to teach it to somebody else. Yeah, 100% agree. I'm going to steal something prosperous movement. I don't know why I like that. <laughs> I don't know why that came that's, that's, As uh, I said it, it sounded I'm going to use that in something. I don't know what, but I'm right? going to figure like, out. Movement that like makes yeah. you feel good and lasts a really long time. It just and... sounds amazing. I would, whatever, you know, whatever <laughs> says prosperous movement, sounds awesome in my book. Gives you the most bang for your buck. There you go. Uh, let's do a couple um, Spitfire questions. Yeah. What do you think? Okay. What are you best at? Um, speaking in front of groups of people. Could have guessed that one. (laughs) How about what do you, uh, what do you struggle with? What do you, what do you suck at? Um, waking up when my first alarm goes off. (laughs) You're a snoozer, huh? Oh man. How many snoozes? Like 
I don't know, probably 10. I mean, I've got them that's, towards that, the end. They're going off like every three minutes until I'm just yeah. annoyed out of bed. That's awesome. I mean, trainers got to wake up so early. Yeah, that's I'm not a morning person. Never, <laughs> never been a personal trainer. I just don't like to get up. Early. My mom used to drag me out of bed in high school. Like, yeah. you know, like, oh yeah, they used to just lie about the time and say it was like seven when it's like, you know, 640, but they knew it was going to take me forever to get out of bed. So if my mom would be here, she would tell you that. Yeah, it was. Like I still, she still talks about how terrible it was <laughs> in high school yeah. trying to get me up out of bed. I think the first time I told her I was teaching a 5.30 cycling class, she was like, are you like, what? You don't get up that early. Yeah. Who are you? Yeah, you my exactly. Body? Yeah. No, getting up that, I mean, I don't know. I just think your body wasn't meant to get up that early. At least mine wasn't, you know? So. Yeah, I'm with you, but the people want to work out that time. So I wake up for them. <laughs> yeah. That's just, yeah. I mean, that's the, uh, that is the go, go world that we live yeah. in. We got to work around for sure. What is the number one thing the public should do to maintain their health and fitness? You got to pick like one nugget. We're using that word a lot today. I like that word too. What's the number one thing? If they could only focus on one thing. I always like to picture somebody who just got started or maybe somebody who's exercising, but you know, what's the one thing they should focus on? I really wish it was workout related, but I think it's all about what you eat. Sure. Anything like in specific or just like mindful eating basically, right? Um, having like taking the time to know what makes your body feel good. And I don't mean light in a skinny way, but like lean and agile and not like weighted down or heavy or tired or sleepy. And it yeah. takes a lot of exploring to find out what works for you and what doesn't. And once you know those things, if you have like an odd weekend or like a vacation, when you come back, you just start eating the good way again, your good way, not the, like anyone else's good way. Then everything else just like kind of falls yeah. into place. You start feeling lighter. You have a little more energy for your workouts. And that's a good point. I'm, we've had multiple nutritionists and it's been even good for me. Just like, you know, I've always been a few just food is fuel and I just eat whatever like is nutritionally sound, mm -hmm. but which is fine, which is obviously good, but like eating. So you feel a certain way. Cause like what better gauge is there than your own body? Yeah. And like, I wonder how much people would stay away from like, most of the foods that are around us, if you literally just ate something and then like give it an hour and see how you feel. Cause you may feel good. Like, man, eating five brownies yeah, is really awesome. good for five minutes. Ooh, I got a sweet tooth. I feel yeah, that. Right. But 20 minutes later, how do you feel? Yeah. Or that pattern that it creates. And then three weeks later, how do you feel? Cause you probably ate things yeah. similar to the brownies afterwards too. Yeah. So I have food hangovers. I'm not a big drinker. <laughs> like, really. And like the only hangovers I get are food hangovers. Like the next day, you know, like your mouth is yes. dry. You just like, you feel foggy. You like kind of got a headache just because I ate so much darn sugar. Yep. You know? And I wish you could work that away, but yeah, you just got to start eating better for that to go away, you know, yeah. for that to, to figure itself out. Yeah. And there's more stuff like that coming out, which is awesome. Kind of, it starts with food. Yeah. I love um, that book. I just yeah. recommended it to someone today. Yeah. It's, it's so easy. You know, it's very it's like dummied down in the best way. Yeah. It's consumable, right? Yeah. It's not like, yeah, like I said, going down the rabbit hole is not effective for most people. They just need like easy, actionable things just mm -hmm. to go. Um, and the whole 30 starts with food stuff is definitely for sure big on that. So, um, the question I ask everybody, and I, I don't know how I forgot, we went off a lot of tangents today, but like, what's your definition of health? You know, I ask everybody who kind of comes in and like, you know, I say, if you're looking at the perfect view of the healthy person, you know, how do they look, feel, what do they do? Like, what is your definition of health or healthy? Um, it definitely is not 
like a physical shape for me in any way. I try to steer away from that really heavily, like language wise with my clients. I don't like to talk about that at all, but it's being able to do like the things that you need to do in life, like being able to walk up steps without getting winded. If your family goes on vacation, you should be able to take a hike with them without like having to turn around or sit down in the middle. Um, it's a, a balance of eating right most of the time and then really enjoying yourself sometimes, you know, like don't say no to the, the brownie, but make sure it's a really good brownie and mm -hmm. say no to the crappy brownie that comes in like a plastic bag from, yeah. you know, little Debbie or whatever. And, um, just, you know, being able to move at the ready. Like if you garden for a day, it shouldn't put you out for a week. If you, you know, want to jump in a workout class, you should be able to move through it without like hurting anything or yeah, it's just a, a balance of yeah, we're making very, sure your life is easy to walk through. Yeah. We have very similar answers in that regard too. multiple similarities. <laughs> but I mean, that, that was my answer was like, I need <clears throat> definition of health for me is somebody like any physical task they need to achieve within reason, you know, you don't need to be able to walk across the uh, Grand Canyon on a tightrope. <laughs> That's not a reasonable yeah. thing, but like get up off a chair, walk to the mailbox, go for a hike, go upstairs, um, lift something heavy, mm -hmm. push something like all those things. Like um, I think somebody who's truly happy and healthy has zero limitations physically. Like, I agree. They can move about their normal environment without any impediment. Carry their luggage on a trip. Right. Like take your luggage down from the overhead bin or walk it through the airport right. without any struggles. They're like very real life things that there's no reason you shouldn't be able yeah. to do. Those. And unfortunately, you, you know, how many percentage of people don't have that? Yeah, you know? I know. That's why I do it. Yeah. There you go. There's your, there's your <laughs> why right there. Um, but here's some fun ones. Okay. You ready? Okay. What is your walkout song? Still my favorite question. Let's go crazy by Prince. <laughs> that's a good one okay I have, to, I have to listen to that one again I'm gonna we're like up. a couple seconds in you gotta wait like a few seconds until the beat starts okay yeah sure there's gotta be some build up right yeah what's your uh, favorite cartoon I think I have to go with the Simpsons just cause I watched it so much with my family yeah oh with your family really yeah oh, it was yeah. like family time with Simpsons <laughs> it was like Jeopardy and then Simpsons it was, uh, that was the pattern yeah 100% that was on Simpsons no, it was like every weekday. Every night, much. yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We used to watch like Melrose Place and Beverly Hills <laughs> 210. Yeah. It was uh it was bad, but that's what our family watched together. Um, if you wouldn't have been a fitness professional, what would you be? So you're like not allowed to train, like it just doesn't become a thing anymore. Not allowed to train anybody. I What's should your... probably say like a public relations you know, a job yeah, that you should that's say, what I did, you want to say, but I would definitely want to um, report the weather. I don't want to be a meteorologist. I just want to speak the weather on the news. Like in front of the screen. Yeah. And be yeah. Like, I want to be like a weather woman that just like delivers it. I don't want to like figure it out. I just I could see that. hand it to me and let me point. That's more of the whole like performance and dancer thing. Like you just love to perform. That's your thing. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, what is the last TV show you watched? I binge the office. Like, entirely too much so There's definitely nothing wrong um, on my like 10th round of the office we're gonna have uh <clears throat> i just bought a 55 inch screen tv that can be mounted and turned for the new clinic and i'm pretty sure we're just gonna cycle office yeah. all day <laughs> so if you want to come watch the watch just hop on yeah. the couch you can watch office. go back and forth between that and parks and rec just one ends another one starts see we haven't up. done parks and rec i've caught it here and there um i think we will um, gotta do it with sound i mean 
I feel like The Office that you could put on mute and I would still laugh at some of the scenes because yeah. I know what's going on. But Yeah, Parks and Rec. Um, I've seen like little bits and pieces and I know it's hilarious because we've seen some of them, but I just haven't. Yeah, I got to binge it all the way through. I got to do that with my wife. Right now we're doing Game of Thrones from the oh, beginning because nice. so I've already seen it and she wants to see it. So I like to pretend I don't watch a lot of TV, but... <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Everyone's got to chill. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Everybody's got their own version of uh, uh, relaxing. Uh, last book you read? Um, last one I finished was Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis. Okay. And I'm reading this book called um, The Woman in the Window right now. Okay. Um, my wife had to do some sort of like gift exchange or something. And uh, she gave everybody, I'm pretty sure she like gave everybody that book. The wash she, your, Girl, Wash Your yeah. Face. It's great. I, don't, I can't usually get through books like that. I need a story. I like fiction. I, I, I'm not great at, no, I call them self-help books, but yeah, yeah. Um, that one flew by. It was a really easy read. Yeah. Similar to it starts with food. Like for some reason, their language is just so digestible or like easy. You feel like you're talking to your friend instead of reading yeah. someone telling you what to do. Right. It doesn't feel like a textbook. Right? Exactly. It's more yeah. of like a story or a parody or a narrative to it. Yeah. That one, that girl's just describing her life and there's the some cool lessons in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She just leaves you with, here we go with the nugget, like a little nugget to take away from each chapter about why you're not really messing anything up. Do you love chicken nuggets too? Because you were saying the word nuggets. I don't. I don't know why I keep that. <laughs> It's so appropriate though. It's, it's like, like little bite-sized, but... yeah. like consumable things that people go with. Right. I don't dislike them. I don't yeah. eat them that often. Though. I have a, like a, a physical therapy text messaging group um, where I kind of like got some students on it, some other PTs. It's called Golden Nuggets because I just like throw a little nuggets. Are you, in right? Same. Yeah. Totally appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell people more uh, about how they can find you. Yeah. All right. So I do personal training full-time at Longevity Fitness. It's downtown on Rutledge. You can awesome find me. space. Yeah. It's awesome. Yep. You can find me teaching group classes there as well. Pretty much every day. Um, yeah, I think every day, but Saturday I teach group classes there. And then I teach yoga at Charleston power yoga, both downtown and in Mount Pleasant. And I teach at bar evolution as well. A couple days a week. Cool. Do you have like a <clears throat> Instagram handle or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, it's uh, Mish Fitz Moves. Um, Fitz with two Z's. M I C H F I T Z Z M O V E S. Awesome. And I'll put a link in the show awesome. notes too. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, a lot of good nuggets there. <laughs> you know, a just like if you eat something, just take a little survey of how you're feeling afterwards. You know, and then just you know, I think the intentional movement and you know same almost the same thing as nutrition like take a survey of like are you able to do all the things you do because sometimes i bet people don't even notice like you know i ask somebody to help me with the oversized bin like that's that shouldn't be a normal thing like, yeah i should be able to do Unless that Unless you're like too short to reach it that's different yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah true yeah, but i mean just little things like that like take a little inventory are you able to like move around your environment and if, and if you can't like look somebody like you up. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and start, I'd love to help you out. Start working on it. You know, that's I just, unused potential. You know what I mean? There's so much <laughs> of that out there. Yeah. And so it's cool that we're all, that's all we're doing. You're doing it one way. I'm doing another. We're all just trying to get people to live out their full potential. Exactly. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the healthy Charleston podcast. Don't forget your body is resilient, strong, and adaptable. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. And also please um, follow us at healthy Charleston on Instagram, share, um, share this information, share this episode. If it helped you in any kind of way, um, give it to your friends and family because uh, believe it or not, you too can uh, get people healthier and change people's lives. Thanks so much.